Thank you for listening to this week's message from North Shore Christian Church. For more information about North Shore, please visit northshorechristian.org. I love that stuff. Isn't that cool? I love those testimonies. Uh, it makes me think of uh, Revelation 12:11 says this, and they have conquered him, that is the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Mm. Testimony, giving testimony, giving witness and proclaiming what is true and what God has done is powerful, life-changing. It actually changed my life as I heard someone else share how God had changed their life. That's how I came to faith, was through a testimony. It's, I love it. It's amazing. If you're new with us, my name is Pat Lassard. I get to be one of the pastors here, and I get to team teach with Josh Rogers, uh, our worship leader here. And uh, we've just loved Alpha. Absolutely. Yep. It's been amazing. Super, super good. I love how um, sometimes more than statements, questions can open things that we've maybe left closed off and mm -hmm. the Lord uses that to search through us. It's been really good, rich mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. Taking on uh, the big questions and uh, uh, processing them here within God's word and view and then within our small groups, within our life groups and that communal conversation. Mm. Isn't that been rich? It's cool, yeah. Yeah, I, I love just how conversation materializes and God just you know, speaks and, and weaves things together. It's amazing. And so we're going to continue on. This is week nine of our 10-week series. And so anybody sad about that? We're winding down. You know, it's been, it's been good. So uh, today we're talking about the topic, does God heal today? And so with that, I want to pray and we'll dive in. God, there is a world of brokenness. There's a world of brokenness. Uh, there's brokenness within our communities. There's brokenness uh, within our families, within our friendships, within uh, our own selves, Lord, on, on multiple fronts. And you, you see clearly, Lord, you see clearly through it all you created nature, you are above and beyond nature. Science confirms your work. Lord, your hands are not tied. You are not ambivalent. You are always at work. And you care, you promise that you care. Yeah. And you have proven that you care. Lord, so in this journey, I pray you would help us grow. Help us grow, Lord. Help us grow in our understanding, in our knowledge, in our wisdom of you and how you work, how you don't work, what we should expect of you, what we should hope of you, what you'd have for us. So we submit ourselves to you. We pray you would glorify yourself through us, through this, and you'd, you'd teach us, Lord. You'd help us grow. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, the question, does God heal today? Does, I love this question. Does God heal today? Yes, he absolutely does. 
There we go. There we go. All close in prayer. Yes, he does. Uh, we, we believe he does. We've seen him do that. So what we're going to do is, is ha- spend some time in a conversation today around this topic. Some of the tensions that come up with it, some of the questions that come up with it, and digging into some of the truths about who God is. And that's where we want to start. God is the healer. You may be familiar with some of the Hebrew names of God, such as Jehovah Jireh, God our provider, Adonai, Lord, Master, But in Exodus 15, he actually reveals himself in another name. Moses and the Israelites had just crossed the Red Sea, and they were coming into the wilderness, and they were thirsty, and they came to a river, and it was bitter to drink. And what else would they do? They're going to complain to Moses. So they said, (laughs) Moses, what are we going to drink? And so Moses prayed, and God had a, a unique answer for them. He pointed Moses to a log. And Moses put that log in the river, and the river became sweet and good to drink. And shortly after, in verse 26 of chapter 15, he says, For I am the Lord, your healer, Jehovah Rapha. It's in his name to be our healer. And I like this one. It's a unique example because he doesn't just, like, give them cups of water or like take their thirst away. He uses something that Mm -hmm. they wouldn't expect Mm -hmm. and maybe don't even totally understand to restore the need. Mm -hmm. Another example of the Lord's healing character is found in Psalm 103, verses two and three. David writes, praise the Lord my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Healing is in his name. It's in his character. It's who he is. Secondly, it's in his design. I found an article from a medical facility down in California that did a secular write-up on the body's nature to heal itself. I love that. So I grabbed an excerpt from that. This is what it says. Cells can heal themselves when they become unhealthy and replicate to replace destroyed or damaged cells. If you break a bone, your body immediately begins producing new cells to heal the damage. When your skin is cut, platelets in your blood clot to stop the bleeding. White blood cells remove the dead, injured cells, and new healthy cells repair the damaged tissue. Daily wear and tear are also promptly dealt with. In fact, our bodies are in a constant state of removing damage and producing new healthy tissue. Isn't that Yay. cool? <laughs> Love that. How many of you are excited about platelets today? Yee. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> it, it really is something I just like in awe of. Yeah. Right? I love it. And yeah. it's something obviously we live with every day, but isn't on the forefront Don't of even think how I live, right? Yep. So it's in his design from the garden with Adam and Eve, he created them, said you are good, he made them in his image and he put it right into the DNA, the human nature to heal. It's in his name, it's in his design, and it's in his son, a third place we're gonna look. And if you've had uh, a chance to be with me as I've had an opportunity to teach or even sometimes um, in moments in in worship leading, I've shared this, but one of um, the men who discipled me, just one of the nuggets of wisdom that he gave me was um, in tough questions, in easy questions, in theological and in mundane, look to Jesus. 
And I think it's a simple way to go about it, and I, I love that, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look to Jesus in Hebrews chapter one, verse three. It says, he is the radiance, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. The NIV reads, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. This is Jesus in his own words in John 14 in a conversation with Philip. Starting in verse eight, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So we know that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father on earth. Let's look at how he responded then to sickness and disease while he walked on the earth. Now, for starters, when Jesus walked on the earth, was everyone on earth healed? No, they weren't. But he healed many, and it's often recorded that he healed all that came to him. I actually have uh, a list of 12 or so examples where that same verbiage, that same instance is true, where he healed all that came to him. I'm not gonna read all 12. If you're interested in that list, I can give it to you. I'm just gonna read a couple. Matthew 8, 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Matthew 14, 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them. I love that about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he healed their sick. Matthew 12, 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. This one's wild. Mark 6, 56. Wherever he entered, into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched him were made well. In fact, 25% of Jesus' ministry on earth was healing ministry. And this is important to remember because, remember, he, Hebrews, he's the exact representation mm -hmm. of the Father. Jehovah Rapha. And maybe you're thinking, that sounds really awesome for the people who walked around in first century Judaism 2,000 years ago, but what about today? But Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God of Exodus, the same God of Matthew, the same God of Revelation, it's the same God of today. Mm -hmm. Love it. Beyond physically we see God do different healings as well. Uh, we see Jesus uh, do different healings as well. We have, in Mark 5, we have an example of a demon-possessed man uh, who was in Gerasenes, and uh, he was tormented greatly, and as he encountered Jesus, and he received healing and, and cast the demon out, it says that he came to his right mind, meaning, he was out of his mind, and then he encountered Jesus, and he came to his right mind. He was mentally healed, mentally, emotionally healed. 
We have, like in Luke 17, the 10 lepers that they encountered Jesus as leprosy was uh, infectious disease that people were separated and isolated from everything as they encountered Jesus and they went away to go show themselves to the priests that they, all of them, received healing. Therefore, they were able to be a part of their community again. They were, be able, they were able to be a part of their families again. They were able to be a part of corporate worship together again. There was relational healing that took place. Some of us maybe have been in a place being so far off, so left field, that we were cut off, isolated, separated, and as God brought restoring and healing, you've been able to be, be brought back in together into community with others. He doesn't only just do physical healing. Then you have a picture of like Zacchaeus in Luke 19, who he was legally taking advantage of people. That was his job as a tax collector. And so his motive for life and priorities of life, uh, once he met Jesus, radically changed. And he experienced spiritual healing who he was and what he was about before Jesus and then meeting Jesus, he was transformed, metamorphosis, so that he was spiritually healed. It's far beyond just the physical that God heals. I'd say in given testimony, I'd say for my own self, um, some of you, many of you might know this, but I've had a lot of chemical addictions in my past, including methamphetamine, Marijuana, which marijuana, that was, that was before Jesus, that was my God, my identity. That's who I was. It was what I was about. It was my priority of life. Uh, I vowed I was going to live for it for the rest of my life. And then in addition to like caffeine and, and things of that nature. Uh, one of the hardest chemicals for me to break has been nicotine, has been smoking. I smoked for nine years and I counted, I tried quitting 18 times. Much guilt, much shame, much embarrassment, much hopelessness, and I did not know what to do. I could not stop. Well, I ended up taking a class at my old church that was led by a pastor of quitting smoking. And so I took the class and I quit. Woo! Then I started smoking again. <laughs> and then I took the class again and I quit. Yeah! And then I started smoking again. And then I took a class again, and I quit. And it's been 20 years. Come on. Right? And, and all along the way, God brought healing in and through that process. Uh, another way that I've experienced him healing beyond, like, the physical is actually coming over here. As God called uh, the Lassard family over here uh, to minister and join what he's doing here and to help support in that, there's more for me in that. Um, as a typical pitfall for ministry leaders, um, you can sacrifice yourself for the ministry and set aside your relationship with God for the sake of others. And so I was doing that. I really was. I was sacrificing my personal walk with God on the altar of ministry. And so I came over here pretty tired, pretty burnt, um, and uh, a, a thin relationship, a thin walk with Jesus. And so as being a part of here, God brought healing. 
um, in slowing down and catching up with him. Um, and it's been really good. And, and how that affected the anxiety that I had that was morning until night has been dramatic. In addition to just how all that plays out, physical health, mental health, um, I've experienced God as healer in, in numerous ways. Those are a couple. What about you, buddy? It's good, dude. Yay. I know. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe there should be a time where it was just like story share. Testimony. There's more time. Yeah. Hey. Um, but for today, uh, a story that I, I want to share, I think it's cool because it's kind of a family story to North Shore. It happened here in the building. Um, is uh, the Lord bringing some healing to my family. So uh, my wife, um, when she was pregnant with our youngest, Noah, she has really had tough pregnancies every time. This one was especially tough. Um, her hip bones were actually tearing apart um, and it was excruciating pain. And she got to a point that she couldn't walk and so she had to stay lie down or kind of be wheeled around. And um, the doctors said, you know, just wait, what's going to fix it is baby being born, and then, you know, we'll see what happens. And so baby was born, and that didn't, I mean, it was awesome that the baby was born, but that didn't help that situation. Um, and so they're like, okay, well, let's do, let's do a run of PT to try to re-strengthen some things and see if we can get some things to, to come back together. And so she waited for uh, six weeks on a wait list to get into um, this physical therapy. And um, she's just this one morning um, in a ton of pain. And so she's just praying and worshiping in our living room and um, was making the call to finally get in and get this appointment. And she felt like the Lord said, cancel the appointment. And that's a hard word. That's not the plan we thought, right? But it's not our first time having the Lord say something that seemed different than our plan. Hmm. And we've had to step into obedience. And she's heard him and heard his voice and learned his voice and so knew in this moment this is him. So with some frustration and with some confusion, she said okay and called and canceled, which meant right back to the wait list. And uh, we have life group every week. Uh, in, in that season, we were meeting back here in the C building and so we got together, and that night she said, um, would you guys just pray for me? I'm just in so much pain, and she hobbled, and we got her a chair. And um, So myself and one other guy just laid hands on her shoulders and, and prayed for her, and in that moment, all of the pain immediately went away. Noah turns four in January. Yeah. Noah turns four in January, pain's never come back. Praise she God. hobbled into the room and walked out Amazing. pain-free. Amazing. The Lord's good. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Another simple little one, uh, you know, one of the things that was passed on to me uh, as, a, as a dad is with your kids, pray about everything. Every moment, just pray about it and, and model that. So that's something we've tried to do. We're not perfect at it, but we try to do it. And so Noah, um, being in the toddler phase, touched our oven while it was on, um, the stovetop. And uh, it immediately started to blister. And so what do we do? We pray. Um, so we prayed, and uh, within the hour, the blister was completely gone. Hmm. Um, and what's interesting and different about that one is just a different circumstance, right? Like it didn't immediately disappear before our eyes, but within an hour, it, she was totally fine. No pain, no scar, no blister, mm -hmm. no nothing. Um, he cares, man. Mm -hmm. He cares about the little things. He hears our mm -hmm. prayers. Mm -hmm. 
He sees the details. He's God the healer. Yeah. And that's not happenstance. It's not chance. Right? Call it what it is. God, thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, big topic. Does God heal? Yes. God is healer. It's who he is. He's, you know, right? Yeah. It's, it's part of his character. Right? It's in his name. Uh, next question. Are all people healed? No. And this section is really hard. Because we want that, right? And each of us in here today represent different stories, different walks that represent struggle with sickness, struggle with pain, struggle with not having answers to things that we feel like we should. But Jesus is still our high priest even in these moments. He teaches us to mourn with those who mourn. And I think that's a model after his own heart. I think he leans in and mourns with those who mourn. And there is a day coming when the answer is a full yes for those who are in Christ, that they will all be healed because Jesus on the cross defeated sin and death and said the kingdom of heaven is at hand Mm. and there is coming a day when it will come in full. But today we're in the in-between the now and the not yet, we see in part what we will one day see in full. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 9 through 12 says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. A number of years ago, uh, a, a, another mentor shared an illustration with me. It's one you may have seen before, but I think it's helpful in navigating some of this, and so I want to share this with you today. I have a, a, a picture we're going to look at. This is the backside of a completed tapestry. This is a completed artwork. It's beautiful, right? It's beautiful. What do you see? Can you tell the, the intricate detail? I, I think I could do that. Yeah. I think I, I'm that good. What does it remind you of? It reminds me of carpet. Yeah. Anybody have with? carpet like that? Yeah. Maybe it's one of, like, if you cross your eyes, a spaceship comes out, one of oh, those exactly. kind yeah, of books. Yeah, look, stare hard. <laughs> but we have to remember when we look at this that there is intentional design and a completed work that are done here. What do you see? What's, what's the image? Go ahead to the next picture. That's the front side. For now in part, then I shall know fully. We see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. He is greater than we, greater than me. He's on a different level outside of time and space. We see the backside right now. We're not gonna see all the details. But what that doesn't change is who he is. 
that doesn't change the intentionality of the artwork that he's putting into the tapestry of our lives. It's just not a guarantee that we get to see the details or that the image is gonna turn out the way that we thought it was going to. I'd have to say in this message, this is the thing that's resonated with me the most, and I believe that God's uh, speaking to me, calling me to, is to grow in this. Um, I can get hung up with a narrow-minded, short-sighted perspective of here and now, um, and I want what I want when I want it, the way I want it. I don't know about any of you. Um, and so this this calling in 1 Corinthians 13, we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, and I thought like a child, right? I reasoned like a child. And then there's this growing, right? There's this maturing where I, 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 I see as a mature person. I reason as a mature person. I see beyond just here and now, and there's a trust. There's a trust, there's a confidence in God, in the bigger picture, beyond just what my limited perspective is, beyond the partial that I see, the backside of that tapestry. And so I, I, I know he's wanting me to uh, grow in that. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as we look at, does God heal? Yes, he does. Are all people healed? Um, and does he heal everyone now? No. I think there's a helpful picture with uh, one of the stories of Jesus that's one of the 12 that uh, Josh was talking about, and it's in Luke 4. It says this. He actually heals Peter's mother-in-law. She had a high fever, and he uh, heals her, and then uh, this situation unfolds. Luke 4, verse 40, it says this. It says, now when the sun was setting... All those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, you are the son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. And then it's this, okay? Verse 42. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. How many of you would have kept Jesus from leaving you, right? But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. Notice, he did not say, I was sent to heal every single person physically, He prioritizes a greater calling of preaching the gospel that he has conquered Satan's sin and death through his life, death, burial, resurrection, and that all who call on him will be saved. He prioritizes that over the physical. Jesus' highest priority for you, for me, is not that you would be healthy and wealthy, Let that sink in. (laughs) That is not his highest aim. He has a higher aim that has eternal ramifications and eternal perspective. And he's good. And he goes about 25% of his ministry and everywhere that he went, all were healed where he went. So that's true too. So we have to keep that in view. Okay, 
So, does God heal? Yes, he does. He is healer. Are everyone, are all people healed? No, they're not. I've experienced a lot of that, you know, as, and I look back at the, uh, it was October 16th that we did a message on prayer here. And so if you need to revisit that, um, that's a good one. That's hand in glove with this one because God answers prayer and no is an answer. <laughs> it is an answer, right? And so he's told me no about a number of things. I want to share one of those. Um, and uh, it's about my wife's health. And I want to, um, I share this with her permission. And I share this with a caveat that we don't need your unsolicited advice. Okay? So, no thank you. Okay? Appreciate it. Love you. No thank you. Okay? So, I'm going to share a little bit of our journey. So, <laughs> um, so she suffered with chronic pain for 12 years. And uh, good days, bad days, lots of bad days. Um, I'm going to read this list, okay? Uh, we have sought countless specialists, had countless tests, countless exams, attempts, diagnoses, visits, bills, theories, prayers, tears, hopes, opinions, co-pays, out-of-pockets, out-of-networks, supplements, books, articles, medications, essential oils, treatment plans, physical therapy, counseling, canceled plans, missed out on things. And did I mention prayer? Prayer with others, prayer with elders, prayer with tears, prayer in closets, prayer with faith, prayer with persistence, prayer with proclamation. He said no. He said no. There was a time, not that long ago, um, that I stopped talking to God about this. It hurt too much. And I resolved that he, it's not that he didn't care, but it's just that he wasn't going to do anything about it. And so why, why keep talking to you about it? Why, why, why keep talking about it? You're, you're not doing anything or you're not going to. And that wasn't a fun place to live. Um, I, that's not, um, and I, I knew there was something different, something better than that. Oh, man, it's painful. Um, and uh, whew, God brought me to this book that I'm so grateful for Philip Yancey. He's one of my favorite authors. Um, and he wrote this book boldly. It's called Disappointment with God. It's a masterful, masterful book. And it really ministered to me. God ministered to me. So, so started talking to him again about it. Um, and there's some other things. It, it's this growing up like, okay, you're not going to give me what I want when I want it. What is it that you want of me? And there's a couple things I just want to share in this process. One of them is, he kind of put words to it for me. It's this last year through Pete Gregg, another author, pastor, neat guy. Um, he said, actually talking about his own wife's chronic pain and suffering, he said, 
I learned to stop praying why God, and I started praying where God. Not why God. Why, why are you not this? Why are you not that? Why didn't you do this? Right? That hasn't produced a lot of fruit. And I would have to say amen. That has not produced a lot of fruit in my life asking why God. And I've asked why God plenty of times. Okay? Uh, on other things too. But where God? God, where are you? God, where are you at work with this medical bill again? Where are you at work with this appointment again? God, where are you at work with this result again? Where are you at work with this non-answer again? Where are you at work with this suffering? So that, that has produced better fruit um, in walking with him. And then another thing is, um, is this quote, and I actually uh, stole it from Experiencing God, The Seven Realities, and it says this, um, even... Um, if you doubt God can love you and still allow you to go through suffering, look no further than the life of Jesus. I was able to hold on to that. Okay, yeah, I follow Jesus, right? Of course. A couple things for my wife that have been crucial for her in, in, in her resolve in this is she said, I real, and this is years into it, right? I realized I was not going to fix myself. It would have to be God all the attempts, all the work. And he can still do that through other means, right? People and medical and science and all that. But I'm not gonna fix myself. If it's gonna happen, it's gotta be God. And then the last thing is, even if, even if God doesn't heal me, he's still good. I trust him. Amen? Yeah, we, following Jesus, there's, there's, a, there's a couple tensions, even with his healing ministry, um, because as far as we have recorded, everybody that Jesus ever healed went on to die. Right. And, and that doesn't look pretty. No. Right? There must have been something greater at stake, greater restoration, greater intentionality, greater purpose. And that doesn't belittle or negate or devalue the -hmm. healing. He's still Jehovah Rapha, it's who Mm -hmm. he is. Mm -hmm. But there must have been something higher at stake. Uh, Tammy Comer, John Mark Comer's wife, he is the founding pastor of Bridgetown Church down in Portland, um, has a really interesting testimony, I just wanna share it bit of it with you. She lived for 15 years with a progressive degenerative illness um, to the point that she was losing control of her face. And uh, she says that she made peace with dying, but when she found out medically that's not actually what was on the table, but being crippled was, that was much harder. She recalls a couple of different moments and times in this journey of 15 years where there's an exact moment she said, I remember this is the time that I let go. Hmm. I let go of outcomes, I let go of control, Hmm. and I started to find freedom. Mm -hmm. And I started to find healing in my my flesh, in the flesh of being human. Hmm. And she she actually, uh, 15 years into this thing, Um, was miraculously fully healed, praise the Lord. Um, She has this to say. 
my desire is to encourage people to meet God in the reality of their story and let him redeem and bring value to the whole of their lives, even the sad or disappointing things. The things Satan means for evil, God can redeem for good, even if it isn't the story we always dreamed about. I guess I just want people to know that God sees them and wants to walk with them in it. They're not alone. Amen. There's a, a, a practice of, of walking with scripture that's important in this too, because just like if we have um, kind of a, a wild experience. We can't just read our experience into scripture. It's still the plumb line. That's true on the other side. If we don't see healing, does that change what it says about who he is? Does he change as God the healer? Has his character and consistency and faithfulness changed? We have to let our anchor still be Jesus. Yeah. We have to let our guide still be him, still be the word, still be his spirit. So, some of this then is hard, right? Psalm 103, he heals all of our diseases. What do we do with that? Um, John Piper has a uh, really cool teaching on this psalm, and I just grabbed a small quote from it. He says, I would, I would teach it in this way. Psalm 103, he heals all our diseases means he will heal them in the age to come. He heals them often now, and when he doesn't, they will get healing that is even better. That's a hard word. And a hopeful word. And a hopeful word. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Yeah, because he will make all things right. That's right. And there will be no more sickness or disease or sorrow or pain or cancer. That's right. right? Or cancer treatment. That's right. right. And on goes the list. That's yep. right. Yep. So our eyes are fixed on him. Yep. Right? We proclaim that. Yep. yep. Amen. Uh, so, um, does God heal? Yes, God is the healer. Are all people healed? No, no. Uh, for those who are in Christ, yes, ultimately, yeah. right? And then for us here and now, um, uh, do we have a part to play? What, what does this look like for us now? Yeah, um, make no mistake here, uh, God is the healer. We are not. But do we have a part to play, a role to play in this? I, I, I think so. And I think there's a lot of area to this. We're just going to touch on a couple. Um, we're going to touch on a, a personal part to play and then a couple parts to play within our church family, even just here at North Shore. For a personal role, a personal part to play, we're going to look in John chapter 5. We see uh, a man who'd been an invalid for 38 years sitting at the healing pools of Bethesda, and it was believed that when the water was stirred up, if he got down in, he would have been healed, right? And so Jesus comes up to him, and we have this, this account in verse 6. Let's see what he says. When Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that he'd already been there a long time, he said to them, do you want to be healed? I find that to be such a curious question. And this is, this is not, I've been through this verse many times, but it still causes me to pause. 38 years. 38 years. <laughs> 38 years, an invalid, sitting at healing pools. The purpose right, of the place right. that he is is for healing. Is Jesus being flippant? Is he being silly? He's being intentional. Yeah. Uh, my father is working, so until now I am working. Mm. I only do what mm. I see my father doing. There's intentionality in his question. And I have to confess that in my own life, there have been seasons of brokenness physically and emotionally and mentally that I haven't always been in a place that I wanted to get better. 
sometimes brokenness can become comfortable. Familiar. I think Jesus wants to invite us out of that brokenness, but he's not going to force it on us. So individually, personally, I think we have some business to do with that question. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be healed? Secondly, we're going to look at a couple parts to play within the church. Uh, First one is in James chapter 5. Verses 13 through 18 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit." That's amazing and could be an entire sermon series. So we're just gonna pull a couple quick things out of that. First, I, I just appreciate and I think uh, I wanna take this, this whole thing and look at the big picture. James is pointing us to pray. In the suffering, in the sickness, praise still in that same context relating to the Lord. In the highs, in the lows, in the mundane, in the great, let's be people of prayer, right? Jesus says, my house will be a house of prayer. Secondly, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. I have not often thought of Elijah that way. I think he lives in like superhero context for me a little bit. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, like you and me. Mm-hmm. Made of the same stuff. Made of the same stuff. Yeah. And he prayed fervently. And there is power in a righteous prayer as it is working. You know, I think there are areas in my own life that I have hoped with some fervor, but I don't know that I've, I've, it seems like a battle (laughs) that I've prayed fervently in that. But I think that's what he's calling us to. So do we have a part to play? You bet. You bet. Yeah, you personally do, and us as a church uh, we do. Uh, prayer, uh, we want to encourage you to pray. As you are getting with your friends and there's something going on, pray. Yeah. As you're with your family and there's something going on, things are good, things are not so good, things are in the middle, pray. Uh, let's just do a little exercise here. Show of hands for anyone that has appreciated being prayed for by someone else. Look around, look around. Almost every single hand is up, right? So you're on a phone call and something's going on with something. Go ahead. Break through the awkwardness and go, you know what? Let's pray real quick. Let's pray. God help. Do it. Do it. In your life group, in your small group, pray. Pray for one another. You have an amazing testimony here. But God does all sorts of stuff, right? In the midst of the suffering too, 
right? And the, the, the already but not yet, that long not yet piece, yep. pray, lift them up. Yep. There's another church piece that we want to let you know about that it's renewing a ministry that has existed here before, and it's a recovery ministry. Uh, I believe God uh, has laid it on my heart consistently that he's wanting to use me to help start it. And uh, it's based out of uh, which recovery is really focused on restoring people to who God has made them to be. It, it is about healing all sorts of hurts and hangups and habits. And, um, and so we're excited about restarting this ministry. And it's based off of Isaiah 61. And I'm going to read that passage now. I love Isaiah 61, 1 through 4 here, okay? So, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. Mm -hmm. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the devastations of many generations. Mm -hmm. So as far as a church, a church response, I'd encourage you to pray for this ministry um, if you're interested in serving or leading or participating in it, we're going to do an informational meeting to, to start it um, December 11th, Sunday, December 11th, after the 11 a.m. service. We'll continue to announce it a couple weeks before, uh, but it's an open invitation. If you're interested uh, in it, we'd love to have you a part of it, but it's an all-church kind of thing uh, to be support supportive of it and to be prayerful for it, that God would set people free and bring healing and restoration in their lives. And so we're excited about God healing in and through that capacity. One Absolutely. more thing that we wanna, uh, that I wanna say um, is give testimony. As God does things or as you are growing through some of these things, don't be silent. Don't keep that to yourself. Give testimony, give witness, proclaim, tell others what God is doing. That's good. Advance, magnify, glorify, exalt God in what he's doing in the midst of the hard, in the midst of the good, and the amazing. Yeah, it's good. I know even in our own prep, um, just sharing stories with each other we haven't fully heard, just finding that encouragement. Mm -hmm. We get a sense again of a freshness of who God is. And yeah. it, it stirs hunger in our hearts to, to yep. know him that way, to go after him in that way. So for us for today, for some next steps for us, where do we go from here? I'm gonna invite our prayer team uh, to come forward and they're gonna be over here on the sides. First, are there areas of healing in your life that you're needing the Lord's goodness? You're needing his healing. Go back to that question. Do you want to be healed? Are you willing to ask? Number two, how might the Lord be inviting you to partner in the healing work he's doing here in our church family? Is that something you'd be willing to pray about with us? Mm -hmm. yeah. 
with that. Let's pray. Let's do it. Let's pray. Uh, I want to point you to the connection cards as well, that we have a faithful team that prays for those every single week. And so anytime, please fill those out. We will pray for you. Uh, but even right now, if you need to, come on, come on up and, and we'll pray. Uh, but let's pray.